When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, lads, UFC fighter Jack Shawyer. You can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, looking forward to getting back on there soon. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 43. This is Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel, you can get shows and interviews, exclusive interviews, uh, different series on all sorts of subjects. Video versions are available at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation, and the audio versions at every single podcast and radio platform you could think of. And normally I sound a lot better than this, but I'm feeling a bit rough. But uh, my voice is coming back slowly, so we'll get on. But uh, luckily I've got uh, two people joining me to talk the world of MMA. First of all, I have ex-Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. Welcome, my friend. Hey, how are you, Sam? How are you doing? Hi, guys. And of course, we have Cage Warriors flyweight, Mr. Sam Creasy. All right, buddy? How are we doing? Not bad. First time on the show for Sam. It's a new face, new fighter. How goes it, my friend? Yeah, very well, very well. I'm uh, just recovering from the fight and that. Getting a bit of fat again. (laughs) Eating eating for the last week, is it? Pretty much so. Good stuff. Pretty much. But uh, how do you think it went, anyway? Uh, pretty poor <laughs> on my behalf, but uh, mm. performance-wise, but you know, I I got a victory and um, got back in the cage. Haven't been out for over a year, so that was two positives to take from it. But the performance, uh, lots of negatives and lots to build on from there. The thing is, mate, it's a year is a long time, isn't it? and then when you couple in lockdown and all the difficulties with preparing for for this. You know, for the, any event at the moment, it's, it's it's not the norm, is it? Where you can go around various gyms and train with different teams if you want to. It's very limited in what your preparation can be. Coupled with a year out, mate, I think, you know, at the end of the day, probably the the main thing was get a victory. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm grateful just, just to be back in the cage at the moment, to be honest. Like, everybody I see wants to get on to a show at the moment and i'm lucky to have got a spot on there let alone got a victory as well so you know there are good things as well but i'm always going to look back and see lots to improve on danny what did you think of sam's uh comeback fight yeah i thought initially it was okay i know what he means about the bits that you know didn't go so smoothly but he recovered from any of the errors that he he made through his experience so 
Mm. But yeah, when the, when those mistakes come in, um, the experience he was able to reverse those issues um, and get back on winning ways throughout each of those rounds. Um, I thought overall it's pretty impressive performance under the circumstance with the COVID and under the situation that he was in personally. That you know it had been over a year that he had stepped in the cage. So um, I think another fight and. Sam could be looking, trying to get another title shot at some point. That's what I'd like to see from him anyway. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Any plans, Sam, going forward to where, to where you might fight again before the year's out? Or do you think it's more likely end next year now? I mean, I'm, I'm good. I want, I want to fight again before the end of the year if I can. Um, if Cage Warriors will have me, that, that'd be ideal. Um, I'd like to get back into the cage and kind of just build on, on that performance. You know, that was... That was getting back in there. Now it's actually building a performance off of the back of that and showing what I'm capable of as opposed to having a fight. Yeah, yeah, of course. I know there's a Cage Warriors event in November, mm. um, but I don't know if they've... I don't know if they've... Have they announced that one, Dan? Or is it just a rumour at the moment? Uh, yeah, I don't think actually it's been confirmed just as yet. I'm I think sure. uh, Graham confirmed it on, on Instagram yeah, or something. Say, the other oh, day. did it? Oh, right. Those lines. I'm not... I'm not big on Instagram or anything. Mm. No shit, mate. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get you to do it for actually 43 shows. Um, but, yeah, no, I, 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 someone told me that it was in November, but then I'm sure I saw it on, I'm sure I saw it on the Cage Warriors website as well. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, that'd that be nice to get involved in. Yeah. Well, absolutely. <laughs> Slow, that's the thing, and because the situation with COVID and with the lockdown and everything, and everything not being as frequent as mm. what it would be, any fighter who's fit and healthy wants to fight at the moment, don't they? So it's, I think, it's a lot more congested in terms that's of it. getting on these cards. Um, and you'd imagine that some of the fighters who weren't on these Cage Warriors trilogy just gone are going to be looking to be on the next one but I think it's um, it's another trilogy event as well so I think it is three days so mm. at least you can get you know a number of fighters on there then can't you Dan if it's uh, yeah. like a three day event but uh, yeah it's uh, interesting stuff but um, we had a lot of uh, British fighters and Irish fighters fighting this week on uh, Bellator so first of all on what was it Thursday we had uh, Bellator 246 was it or 247 I always get confused uh, but friends of the show uh, Lewis Long fought on that uh, his first fight in a while and um, I thought he yeah, looked good. pretty impressive to be honest yeah he's, he's looking good on the ground he just made a little error with his base and balance regards losing that mount position but it was from there he created the elevation for that lovely knee bar setup and it, it, it was pretty sweet oh did it okay oh yeah yeah, it mm-hmm. looked like I mean Lewis Long is a strong looking individual. Um He's having big, the whole he? of his having the whole of his body mechanics and that black belt technique behind the knee bar, you know, if you don't tap out quick enough, I'm not surprised it's gonna break your leg. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing as well is he's in a similar situation to Modestas in that whilst in lockdown and stuff, he has got his own he's got his gym, mm. the the Matt Academy, which he can he's been able to train all the way through. Mm. So he's gonna, especially his, you know, his wrestling and his strength and conditioning was all sharp. And uh, yes, it was a very impressive, nice finish. Yes, yeah, racking up the subs, isn't he? He's, he's sub 
fair portion of his opponents under Bellator, right. isn't it? Which, when well. you think, he's quite big for the weight. Mm. Like, he's quite a big lad. So mm. people also automatically announce, sort of uh, assume that he's going to be more strike-related in terms of his finishing. But when mm. you look at his record, he's got, like you say, quite a lot of... Um, yeah, but he, he can bang as well. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. you know, he, he just gets the job put away quite quickly on the ground, but he's absolutely capable of putting fights away on the feet as well. Yeah, I think he's been a bit unlucky in Bellator's in many ways. Like, his record's a bit up and down, but mm. um, I think he's perfectly capable of getting a little bit of a streak going and getting yeah. towards the top end. He's experienced as well. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he went, uh, where he goes next. Obviously, the um, the main event for that Thursday card was supposed to be uh, Paul Daly, but uh, Paul Daly fell ill in his weight cut um, and then suffered extreme cramps because I think mm-hmm. he he didn't make I think he didn't make weight by about um, yeah. it wasn't too much. I can't remember what I one point six I think it was one point six. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew I it, it wasn't that. a massive amount, but when mm-hmm. he then went off to try and lose that or as much of it as he could uh, he fell ill with like extreme cramps and they ended up going to hospital so that fight was off um so then you had uh denise kai Holtz, kai Holtz uh versus kate jackson um kate jackson the english lady um and she's got she's got a really good record yeah um, she got a lot of finishes but um she got smoked yeah, she, every shot that was thrown landed on a noggin, didn't it? it yeah, did you think it, a... didn't it look like every shot rocked her? Yeah, yeah. Well, her head was dead centre and she was upright. Mm. She come in quite tall. I think a little bit complacent, to be fair. She come in so essential with her head. She was very upright. Uh, her guard was kind of a little, little loose. And, um, yeah, <laughs> three or four punches each combination, every one of them was connected. Funny enough, I was going to ask both of you if she looked complacent to you because I thought when she like bear in mind that Denise um, Kyle Hortz is a kickboxing champion. Um, mm. She's a very tall lady. She's a very strong lady, and I felt like Kate Jackson just went in there and she just looked a bit lax and a bit like you know mm. I'm, I'm going to take this and I you know almost like she just hadn't woken up yet. Yeah, yeah, that been. can happen. And I think she got caught around. early, didn't she? Um, yeah. Sam, she got caught early, and then she got caught again, and it was it was over before it started, unfortunately. And I feel you know I was you're playing was catch up. For, yeah, you're playing mm. catch up a lot of the time. I think if you get caught by one, and you can get out of there and regain your senses, you can get sharp again. But mm. if you get caught by one, you don't have time to recover. You've got caught by another, and you're mm. still trying to regain your senses and that and get sharp again. You're, it's, mm. it's playing catch up the whole time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to regain your rhythm, isn't it? It's, it's a mm. difficult affair when you've been been rocked. Yeah, yeah I felt um, I felt sorry for her as well because obviously, like she was main event in um, Bellator, and you don't see too many Bellator events with female main events. Mm. So, like, it was kind of like a a big opportunity for her. Um, didn't go to plan. Um, we also had what else have we had? What other guys? I'm just looking at my list. Chris Duncan, mm. very impressive again. Mm. Um, I know you've watched that one, Sam, haven't you? The Chris Duncan. Yeah, that guy's a monster. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, he's uh, he's un- unbeaten, he. He's never lost. I'm sure he hasn't. But uh, he uh, he looked very very impressive. He's not an ounce of fat on him. 
Do you see that one, no. Dan? No, I don't think I see that one. There was another Duncan, wasn't there? Or am I getting muddled up here? There no, there was, there was another Duncan who fought on Cage Warriors, I think. Oh, right. Before all of us. I know that name's coming, because it's not a really I'm, super common name. I'm pretty, but... I'm pretty sure it's the same name as well. <laughs> two Chris Duncans. Yeah, but... it might have been right before Jordan's fight. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. <laughs> getting confused. Playing with my, my mind a little bit, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Chris Duncan faced uh, Imic Furtado and uh, won via TKO three minutes, uh, three minutes of the bet, just under four minutes of the second mm. round. But, um, yeah, he looks a monster. And um, mm. he's 8-0 eight, eight and o now, I think, or 7-0. and o. Um, Be interesting to see where he goes next because every fight he's been in, he's looked exceptionally impressive. He's so getting better nice. every time you see him. Go on, Dan. Sorry, is he the guy with the tattoos right down the middle of his back? Is that the guy? Uh, yeah, he's got a massive tattoo on his chest. Mm, just trying to think about what's on his back. He's like blonde, really short hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know which one. Yeah. I, 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 see, I did see this one. Is that mm. uh, up against uh, Black Lad? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember now. I hope my memories. I've been rough, so I, it's all kind of blended. <laughs> yeah, in, blended into one. Possibly, I I, I, may well have yeah, seen. Yeah, you know, yeah, he did. Fight, a, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a Furtado, yeah. Yeah, Fatada, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good striker. He's a kickboxer, isn't he, Fatada? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he likes to strike. He's more of a rangy striker. But um, mm. not sure I'd go be go one into yeah, strike Duncan. with Chris Duncan, though, mate. Yeah, mm. Chris, but Chris Duncan can kind of do it everywhere. Mm. But yeah. he, he chose to keep it on the feet. He must have sensed that he can get in on him, and uh, and he did. But like Bellator, like I know it's a bit difficult with the travel arrangements and stuff now at the moment. But it'd be nice to see some of these lads get a you know like a proper place on the big bellator cards mm. like um lewis long chris duncan even brian moore yeah. as well um was impressive he won in the second round as well and it's like i don't know i sometimes i feel like i said this to you before that <clears throat> i sometimes feel like that bellator very much focuses on the kind of ex-ufc guys and the, and the mm. the guys coming to the end of their career and yeah. Instead of focusing maybe on some of the newer lads they got coming through, right? Because um, they've got some talent, you know. They've real, real, especially on the British European side, they got some real talent in their in their ranks. So it'd be nice to see them give them a big opportunity on one of these big cards. Sure. But, um, obviously, it's difficult at the moment. Um, speaking of Bellator, uh, Brett Johns, fellow Welshman of mine, left the UFC as his contract had run out. Uh, he was negotiating with UFC. Um, he was not happy with the offer that they had uh, given him. Uh, so he went elsewhere. His contract was up. Bellator offered him a multi-year deal on a better terms. So he went there. Um, Danny, were you surprised by that when I told you? Because I know you didn't know. Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised because, you know, he's just got two wins in a row um, and, and good performances at that. So a little bit surprised, but uh, yeah, I know UFC or, or Dana White in particular. Sometimes it takes a liking to people, a liking to their style, liking to the the way they build up their fights, and um, he seems to see them good. But for whatever reason, if you don't see to eye to eye, don't like your style, it can go against you a little bit. You know, um, that may have been. Who knows? I, I don't know. You know, we're just surmising here. But mm. Bellator, it's not a bad swap and trade. Bellator, you know. They're still right up there as 
one of the main events in the world that people watch. So I wish him the best on that journey. I'll still be watching his career quite closely. Um, mm. It'd be, be good to see him achieve good things there and maybe come back to UFC at a later date once he's proved himself there, which I think is a real possibility. Yeah, yeah and the other thing is, like we've talked about Dan before, but uh, I'd be interested to hear your point of view on it, Sam. Is obviously like Brett's record in the UFC is very, very good. Like the only two people he's lost to are in the top five now. Um, he's obviously on a win streak. Uh, he made since he came back from his injury, he's been really impressive in those two fights. Mm-hmm. So obviously he didn't, you know, he was for whatever reason wasn't happy with their deal, uh, the or the new deal which they'd offered him. So he went and got a better deal somewhere else at the end of the day fighting's a short career um isn't it sam so like you've got to do what's best for you individually and your family i guess yeah i, I don't think it's a bad move career-wise to be honest I, I think if he goes to bellator he's making be- better money probably right now he's gonna win one fight and he's straight into the title mix fights out his contract there reigns over the division then the ufc want to sign him back and he's um you know He's, he's got all the cards again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like the bantamweight division in Bellator is actually one of their better divisions. Because mm. um, I know they sometimes get slated, as I just mentioned, for maybe focusing on the kind of legends instead of maybe the current uh, current guys. A fight which straight away I look at, which I wouldn't mind seeing, especially on one of these Bellator Europe cards, if they wanted like a big main event to bring in the kind of British and Irish crowd would be him mm. versus James Gallagher mm. um, that stands out as like a fight which I'd like to yeah. see yeah um, that'd be a good fight and then you've got you know you've got guys like Almeida um, <clears throat> what's that guy whose nickname is the Black Mamba oh, Coldwell Franz something he's in the belt oh Lambo yeah that's it yeah, mm. he's um, he's uh, he'd be quite a good fight as well. Then you've got yeah. like British guys like Nathan Grayson, um, Cal Elnenor, um, yeah. and then like I said, James Gallagher. And then you've got some of the guys up front. I gotta say, I look at that top five, and honestly, like rank number six is Ricky Banderas, and rank mm. number seven is James Gallagher. Like I rate both of those guys, but then above that is Joe Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Bunch, Juan Archuleta, uh, Juan yeah. Eduardo Dantes, and then number one is Darian Cal- Caldwell. Like, yeah. I feel like that top five is like it's not like um, how do I say it? Like it's not full of unbeatable guys. No. Whereas, like you look at that UFC bantamweight division, and we talked about this before, and we like. The, the the bantamweight division in the UFC is absolutely insane. Like there's mm-hmm. guys ranked like like thirtieth and stuff, who you know on their day are very very good fighters. Mm. Um, so from well, I that think point, Brett goes in there, he can beat any of those guys on paper. Yeah, and I I, I think I you know I look at that and I think yeah, one hundred percent he could beat a lot of those guys. You know, obviously his fight anything could happen, but mm. ultimately. So, yeah, it's interesting. Another guy who went was Khabib's brother who had gone to Bellator as mm-hmm. well. That was um, a big surprise for me. I was really shocked to hear that. Yeah, I was too, because simply because, 
you'd think you know Khabib's made a lot of money in the UFC just from that name alone. If he would, you know, if his brother gets a few few wins, they're gonna promote him, aren't they? Mm. So it's um, just on his name value alone. You know, he only needed to get like a few wins under his belt, and he would have um, would have probably got a, you know a little push to see what he was capable of. But like mm. even that bantamweight division, going back to that in the UFC, even to like ranked fifteen, you've got like Marlon Vera, and thirteenth um, is uh, Murab. I'm not going to butcher his surname. And you've got like Dominic Cruz, ranked number ten. And then outside that top fifteen, you've got guys like Jack Shaw and and all these other guys mm. who are very mm. very good fighters. Yeah, just just think about that. Dominic Cruz just ranked number ten. Yeah, remember when he was untouchable? To think that he's like, I mean, just that goes to show what kind of talent they are. Okay, he might not yeah. be at his peak anymore, but it gives you an idea of the kind of caliber that's in that division right now. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and at the end of the day, like if if Brett wasn't happy with the the offer which came in for whatever reason it was you know whatever the reason was he wasn't happy with it I think he's got enough um, you know he should, he should if he felt like I'm surmising and I'm guessing but if he felt disrespected in any way which he's entitled to do for whatever reason like his record in the UFC is very good um, and I can't fault him for going to look elsewhere yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's a short well, career and yeah, yeah well, I imagine. I imagine he knew his contract was coming up, and I imagine he put the feelers out, and then um, he's probably looked at both the offerings on the table, and Bellator completely, obviously, outmatched the UFC financially wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's got to be a monetary move, and uh, it, what, what is he? Is he thirty-one now? Uh, right. How old is he? Yeah, I think I think he's late twenties. Um, is he? I thought he might have been in his thirties by now. I don't know. He might but be. He, I... In that weight division, anyway, you kind of got got. got Getting a move on them. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Oh, okay. He's a little younger than I thought, but you know mm-hmm. he wants to get get going, sort of thing, and make it happen for himself now. Yeah. Yeah, and he hasn't he hasn't tasted gold since he was in Cage Warriors, and I think that was notable from his statement was that he said straight away, "I'm coming, you know, for the Bellator or gold." Mm-hmm. Um, should be interesting. Um, I was just trying to see what um, I was trying to find the UFC rankings outside the top fifteen. Because they used to used to be able to find them, to you know to have a look at the ones outside the top fifteen, but I can't find an official one. I could find like um, the kind of unofficial ones, which I've got like. So just in these, these are unofficial rankings outside the top fifteen in the bantamweight division. You've got guys like um, Yador Song, Uriah Faber, Brett Johns, John Dodson. Although Dodson retired the yeah, other week, it's finished. Um, who else is there? Sergio Pettis, Ricky Simons, Montel Jackson, mm-hmm. Dominic, oh, Dominic Cruz has uh, gone up, Nathaniel Wood, Sean O'Malley. You know, these are mm-hmm. big names, very capable names. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, how he gets on in Bellator, really. i got to say, I, uh, I, was, I was surprised, but... Ultimately, I'll be interested to see how he does, and I'll obviously be supporting him. Um, <clears throat> so on Saturday's Bellator, um, there was a couple of fights I was really looking looking out for. Uh, on the prelims, there was a Welsh guy uh, called Curtis Dodge, who made his Bellator debut. Um, 
he's a, like a wrestling champion, I think it is. Uh, mm. Very highly rated, but obviously he's coming in to Bellator, which is, is I think it was one of his, his, certainly his first professional MMA fight. Yeah, I think um, it was last minute and up a, up a few weight classes as well. Yeah, he looked small as well, didn't he? Mm. He, um, he really did. Um, but I did see that he said in his MMA career he's looking to fight featherweight. But mm. this was this was a welterweight, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is <laughs> wow. insane. Yeah. And he looked, he did look small. But one thing which did sort of stand out for me was that he, um, like, he, his wrestling was really, really good. Mm. But he was, because of the size difference and the weight difference, he wasn't able to throw, he was able to get the positions, but he wasn't quite able to finish some of them. So I think... When he's in a featherweight division, you might see a different fighter. Did you see this one, Dan? No, no. I missed out on a lot of the Saturday yeah, card. I just yeah, couldn't yeah. get through them all. Lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, you, have you, did you see this one, Sam? Yeah, yeah, I caught it. I, I, I checked him out a little bit before before the fight as well. I saw that he, he was making his debut in that and he, he was going up to up to welterweight to fight. Insane, you know. <laughs> That, that's uh, it's one way to do it certainly, and uh, if if he'd have pulled it off the victory and that, you take your hat off to him. But you know, it's an early mistake. I'm sure he'll come back and you know dominate a featherweight really with his wrestling background. You know he's over at SBG training pretty much full time now, as far as I can see. Yeah, SBG had a few fighters scattered mm. across that Bellator, those two Bellator cards. Um, which was quite interesting. They had uh, the uh, Sinead Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh fought in the kind of one of the main prelim fights. Um, did you have you seen that one, Sam? The Sinead Kavanaugh. Ah, uh, no, I missed the Kavanaugh one. So she fought. She went. It went to a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought she did re- like she was quite impressive. She did pretty well. Um, mm. Certainly, imp- you could see the the. Um, the effects or whatever of the SPG training, like you could mm-hmm. see that she was very capable and uh, very good in her jujitsu and her grappling. So I, uh, she'll be one definitely to to keep a little eye on for sure. Um, she won by unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had the main event of uh, James Gallagher beat uh, Cal Eleanor via submission, rear naked choke. Danny, you caught this one, didn't you? The, yeah, the yeah, I watched fight. that one. What do you make of yeah. Gallagher's performance? Yeah, I mean, utterly dominant. So played, tittered around a little bit on the feet, mm-hmm. but you know Gallagher was going to want to shoot in and and test this guy's ground skills. But it just looked like two two people with totally different belt levels. Um, it didn't take him long to to work his way to his back, mm-hmm. and from that back position, he pretty much stayed glued there using that body triangle. Body triangles. It's great for some uh, control, but it can be a little tricky to get the finish from there. Um, it, it can just sit you a little bit wrong in position into really wrench that choke on because um, the, when you've got your hooks in you can bridge into them and bend them back and uh, and that really adds to the effect of that rear naked choke but um, he kept trying to set up with that body triangle which is why I think it took a few attempts to work his way in but he, he got it in the end it was it was just so dominant so dominant mm. making a bit of a name for himself in Bellator he? like he's got another name for himself but like a yeah He's on a bit of a streak, so I think he'll get a title shot soon. I do. Um, yeah. Where did I say he was ranked sixth or something? 
but mm. he just looks too good every time he fights lately mm. he's just looked too good for his opponents and um, they're the kind of guys who usually get the title shots at the end of the day and they're the ones which look too good for their opponents yeah what is to top five. he's, he's going to get tested when he goes up against a proper wrestler um, that can bang a little bit. That, that's where yeah. we're going to see what he's got um, yeah. when he ain't getting his own way. Uh, we keep seeing in his wins where he's outclassing these guys, but he's outclassing guys, you know, not to criticise him because he's a young, young lad and um, and they're doing the right thing in growing him and giving him chance to mature. But, you know, we're seeing him not tested and the only time he has been tested, he was, you know, he lost. So, mm. yeah, let's see what he's like, you know, against a steeper opponent. Yeah, and we'll see what's what with him. It's interesting. Well, they win Bellator because, especially with with those travel restrictions, obviously because of COVID, <clears> there's <throat> almost two different divisions for each weight. Isn't there? There's almost like a European division and a US division, which is mm. not obviously not crossing over at the moment. So it'll be interesting what Bellator does as a company when they can get an event together where they can cross over some of these fighters, because I just feel like. You know they should keep doing these European shows and do the US shows because they want to keep putting events on. But at some point, you're gonna to have to cross over some of these fighters, especially the ones who are winning. You kind of have to do it to. They have to cross them over to fight each other to go to the title shot. If you get what I mean, like yeah, you can't I, keep I, them I separate forever, can you? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea, uh, a bad business move doing it like that. To be honest, because mm. you're gonna create. You've got to create a backstory of progress with numerous fighters in each weight division. Mm. And, and, of course, you're going to start getting rumours and talks of how these guys have got to match up at some point. Um, and then when that does happen, it's going to be a lot of eyes watching it. And a lot of eyes means a lot of money. So yeah. I don't think it's a bad That's idea doing want. it like that. Yeah. Yeah, and in some ways, it's a good way to like um, to build up some of these European guys, which might not get the recognition that, they may get now because there's more eyes on them because there's less shows on at the moment for people to watch mm. ultimately um charlie ward uh defeated andy uh manzolo by unanimous decision thought this was a pretty good fight um he did quite well i thought he won pretty comfortably um did you catch that one sam yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i caught that what one you think of charlie ward's performance um He's solid at exactly what he does. He's in your face the whole time, swinging bombs and that, and he's he's got a fairly simple ground game, but effective. He looked mm. in trouble in the first, but uh, Manzolo couldn't get the finish or couldn't stay comfortably in the mount or on the back mount. Um, and that was pretty much the story of the fight once Charlie had got him back where he wanted him. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I thought he did quite well. I thought he's... Mm. Um... <clears throat> It was pretty good. Um, did you? You didn't catch that one, did you, Charlie Ward? No. Um, did you catch the Ch Charlie Leary versus Kiefer Crosby one, uh, Sam? Yes. Danny, you missed a treat with that one, mate. You missed oh, the really? Treat with that okay. One. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch that. Right. Uh, yeah, I've, I didn't see this one. Ah. So yeah. what happened with the finish? Uh, great fight. Great first round. Knockdowns both sides. Kiefer looked on top initially. Um, dropped Charlie with I can't remember what he dropped him with um, but then Charlie come back all over him towards the end of the round almost looked like the referee was about to step in 
Uh, round finished. Got him up on the stool, ready for the second round of that. Last minute. Referee takes another look at Kiefer and says, I need the doctor to come and check the cut again. Takes the cut, waves off the fight. But, you know, they didn't want it to end cut? that way. Mm, I couldn't tell, to be honest. You know, it's not my place. But if he was going to stop it, I think it should have been at the end of the first round, as yeah. opposed to okay, the, we're about to start the second round. Everybody out. I want the doctor back in. Give him another minute. We're going to have a look at this, and now it's called off. So. Just an odd yeah. way to, to end Just things. Just a bit of an odd one, yeah. Mm. But um, a great fight, great fight. Yeah, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna look out. I'm gonna have a look yeah. for that one. Only um, five minutes is fun. <laughs> fun five minutes. So, yeah. There they go. They're the ones. Um, <laughs> so if we watched uh, then UFC last night. Um, mm. So if we start with uh, the Carlos Condit fight versus, um, oh, bear with me, my voice is all over the place now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Court McGee. Uh, I thought this was a fun little fight. Um, I thought Carlos Condit. I thought it was the best I've seen him for a while. Uh, Danny, what did you make of that, this one? Yeah, um, I found it interesting that he come with a, a different strategy in place. He was fighting from both stances um, mm. and quite considerably in his southpaw stance. Mm. Um, I don't know whether that was ended up being a benefit to him or not. Um, I, I couldn't really come up with a conclusive decision on that, but you know maybe it did. You know, throw some differences in in feel of the way the attacks come to Court McKee, because uh, as we know, at the end of that first round, he got caught hard. Court McKee got his nose really badly broken, um, and maybe it's because of that switching stances. You know, it does ch- change things up a little bit. Mm. It can make you feel a little bit more conscious about being in there when someone's switching on you. You know, sometimes you get your rhythm when someone's like their typical stance and it just stays the same you get your rhythm to that. But when someone does switch stance and it can be effective there, it, mm-hmm. it makes you conscious of being there. It makes you think and, and pause. And I think maybe that's what happened to Court McKee. Court McKee was, for my money, slightly edging that round. I think he was being slightly more effective. And I've always liked Court McKee's game. He seems to steadily outwork you. You know, he never busts a nut. He don't get too excited, but mm-hmm. he just seems to chip away and get ahead. And it's hard to come back at him. You let the round slip away with him. But, uh, yeah, Carlos Condit pulled it right back that first round with that knockdown. Um, and the knockdown, yeah, it's pretty much like having a point deducted for a, a fence grab or, you know, uh, and, and one too many knee to the groin. It, to me, that it lost, literally lost in the round with that, mm. that punch. Because although I think he was slightly ahead on that scorecard in that first round, getting knocked down, yeah, that's, that's, that's going against you when it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Carlos, he started to really get his groove. He, he started to look like how we've known him in the past. So he gets fluidity of his strikes. And um, I've caught McGee, just couldn't stay in the pocket. I think because of that nose, you know, it's obviously hurting him. Must be having some kind of conscious effect on your, your breathing. And, um, yeah, it just looked like he just was not as as brave as we know that he can be in that pocket. Yeah. And so he got pushed back and Condit's quite rangy. Um, yeah, it played into his hands a lot, didn't it? The fact that he wasn't coming into that sort of pocket and looking to yeah. box with him. And the other yeah. thing I thought, the one thing I did think with Carlos Condit, after he dropped him at the end of the first round, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I felt like he was loading up for that right hand a lot. Whereas the shot which caught, caught him... It wasn't like a like he put everything into it. It was just a short right which caught him in the right mm. spot. But 
But then I mm. felt like later after that, he was almost, especially in that um, switch stance, he was looking for that big right hand a lot. And I felt like, because he was going for the power rather than maybe the precision with it, mm. he wasn't quite timing it right. What do you reckon about that, Sam? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it kind of reminds me a lot. My last fight, <laughs> you, you end up chasing something that's not really there. You know, you, you you feel like, okay, I caught him so well, I want to go back to that punch. But there's no setup. And there's no setup yeah, yeah. again and again. You end up, you throw in something that is just not natural anymore. And the way you're catching him, it's almost instinct. Mm. And I, th- I think that's, you can focus too much on one thing and you, yeah. you're not in the moment anymore. And yeah. you're, you're thinking, right, that, that's the punch I've got to land. Yeah, and he did. He was looking for so much. He wasn't timing it at all. Yeah, like yeah. whenever he would throw it, it would be like everything into it. But it mm. was just off. Whereas some of his other shots were quite fluid, like you mentioned, Dan. You know, because yeah. he wasn't loading them up. He was just that was just his natural. It was his natural game plan. Um, did you notice that, Dan, or is that just? Yeah, I, I I felt like he once he knocked him down, he felt like he could perhaps find that shot again, but yeah. it wasn't there yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, I, you, know, you know, I've constantly say this. I just don't believe in luck, but there mm. are percentages, and um, you know, when punches and kicks are being thrown in abundance, sometimes they're going to get through and catch you, even if you're the better striker. You know, and mm-hmm. college conduct landed that punch in the first round. It did some damage, and it definitely affected the rhythm and the confidence of Court McGee regards standing in that pocket. Carlos Condit got a sense of that, that he weren't in the pocket and probably given the confidence to throw hard every now and then to try to put Court McGee back on his ass again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still you know, don't think he took anything away from Carlos Condit's overall mm-hmm. performance. I still think he kept a margin of his game quite fluid. But yeah, you're right. I think he was throwing the odd shot really hard to try to create that same scenario as that first round to try and put it away. I think he wanted a stoppage win, mm, um, yeah, especially yeah. as he knew he was already knocked him down. And I think mm. Sam was absolutely correct. I think once you've got some kind of success in that way, you can't help but go back to it. Yeah. And um, and sometimes when they land in that pocket, like uh, where the percentage is and, and just one gets through, it wasn't done with a setup. Sometimes mm. it's just it just lands. And then yeah. you kind of, you try to make it happen again where you don't set it up and you know it, it's only few and far between that plan that way you you mm-hmm. still got to go back to playing the game you still got to disguise your entry into mm-hmm. your range um, and more importantly enter your range off their center line so that you're not getting received mm-hmm. on the counter return um uh, it impressed me overall yeah, i am you know do i think he's going to you know make big noises you know, approaching the top five, I don't think he will anymore. I just think no. There's but there's could too be a many. Fight for some guys though. Yeah, game, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do. You know, and you know, it sounds so crazy to to describe him as such thing, but you know, the talent has got so good. Um, mm-hmm. He is mid thirties now, and and I'm just trying to talk in realistic terms. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still relevant to be floating around that top fifteen area, but. I just think as soon as he starts breaking into the single figures, he's gonna gonna find it hard there. Mm. Yeah, mate. And the thing is, again, with the UFC, as is all their, you know, their um, divisions, they're not short of talent. Um, but I think he could be a fun fight for some of the kind of 
younger guys coming in, you know, looking to climb climb the rankings. I think he's a good, good, fun fight for people to watch and for the UFC to put on. Um, but like, I look the the, um, the welterweight division in the UFC is actually full of uh, quite experienced, really experienced division. Mm-hmm. Like you've got in that top fifteen, you've got obviously the champions Usman, you've got Covington, you've got Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards is there, uh, Masvidal. Stephen Thompson is obviously vastly experienced. Damian Meyer, Tyron Woodley, Chiesa, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Neil Magny, mm. Vincent Luque, Nate Diaz is there, Anthony Pettis, Robbie Lawler, and then you've got yeah. obviously Carlos Condit and some others. It's so uh, that's yeah, really experienced. Uh, th- yeah, I think that first list of ten that you put up, could you really see Carlos Condit beating these? Mm. I mean, everyone can have their night, but. Yeah, I think no, it's yeah. he's up against it with yeah, these guys. Sure, um, mm. I felt for Court McGee because um, I felt like this was going to be a really fun fight. And I think because he broke his nose so bad, he wasn't able to do what I think would have got him success in this fight. The way mm. he was going to win this was by getting right up in his face. Yeah, in, he's in a chipping pocket. grinder. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't able to maybe do what he would have. But, you know, you've got to adapt. Um he tried to adapt, was not successful. Uh, next up, then we had Dusko Todrovic versus mm. Daquan Townsend. Now you didn't catch this one, Danny, did you? I, because... I, no, I did. I saw the first round, and I just couldn't get the second round where the knockout happened. But oh, I was uh, uh, utterly loving this match at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. And then when I see that I couldn't get the second round out, I was really disappointed. But uh, Todorovic. Man, he looks really yeah. good. Uh, look, most of what he threw was landing. He did leave himself a little bit open himself. I some, sometimes think some of that youth got the better of him. That that high testosterone got him a bit too excited in there. Because um, mm. Townsend, he's no slouch on the feet. And look how calm he was. That's what impressed me about Townsend. Mm. Um, he was getting lumped up with some combinations, really pressured. And mm. uh, when they broke free out in the open, he went back to what he normally does. He's got a really sharp jab. He can um, really perform well with his striking out of, out of distance. He has quite a long reach. And he started looking relevant from the get-go. Um, and I think Todorovic knew that he had to keep pushing in close and make it a, a slugfest and smother game, which mm. he did so, so well. And he stopped Townsend being able to um, get back to his groove for any length of time to be effective. And he just kept crowding. Now, Bazoom in that second round, m- much of what happened in the first happened again in the second. But I think after receiving so many blows like he did in the first round, I think the accumulation of receiving that type of shot in the second would have told its tale eventually. And I presume that's what happened in the second. Do you guys have to fill me in on that one? Hmm. Um, what did you make of the second round, uh, Sam? Yeah, well, I, I pretty much agree with, with what Danny's just said there. I, I felt like it was it was the, the pressure, the pressure that was so effective. He stayed in his face. The whole time, I mean, like you said, like there's at some stage you're going to get caught if you stay in the pocket for too long like that and just keep coming and coming and coming. There were probably moments when he could have backed off for a second, taken mm. a pause, changed the tempo a little bit and then gone back to work with something a little different and, you know, maybe finished it a little bit earlier. Yeah, 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 for sure. I yeah, was I, I enjoyed this fight. Just, it was just a great fight to watch. Mm. Yeah, Sam, Sam made a good point there. You know, if he was a little bit more perhaps experienced and held back, he would have 
pick those explosivity moments more carefully mm. and um and may well have put this townsend away in that first round but he, he did keep his foot down just constantly which is great viewing but yeah. not always yeah. the smartest thing to do and no. um, sometimes to get the job done quicker it's to do it more steady and slow if you know what i mean but not actually slow but just slower mm. yeah. um yeah Sam, sam's absolutely right with that and mm. um, i'm going to show you a clip in a minute boys um of zabit uh zabit's younger brother um because i know you love the grappling dan uh, i want to show you something in a minute before we get on to kyla phillips who i mentioned to you last week is one to watch this week and uh, i think he he proved me correct but uh mm. just have a look at this from zabit's brother i'm not gonna magmed sharapipioff is the same name but um this is zabit's brother uh So I'm just going to fast forward it to the end very quickly and take that off now. But Danny, I know you enjoy a bit of uh, the old grappling. Yeah. So watch this finish. Talk us through it, Dan. Come on, you're the yeah, Oh, shit. So, so I was just enjoying this. So <laughs> you know. noticed uh, when he was transitioning over his back, switching sides, he, he was blocking the near side arm. So mm. you can't do your, your, your you stretch your normally your leg back on the same side that they're on the side rear and throw your arm back. He was blocking that really well. And now he's stepping his leg in there, single hook, double hook. Yeah, he's just tying up these wrists. Uh, one thing I've noticed about these uh, Russian wrestlers and they do their grappling they're so good at dealing with the wrists yeah uh, they they get an arm out so and one arm's never enough to defend a choke and they get yeah. one out of the one arm out of the commission so well so do you see yeah. as well how he finished that rear naked choke he had the hooks in so he could create a bridge effect um mm. and it it makes it non impossible to defend the choke but mm. you know some people are trying to do the rear naked choke with that body triangle so to me yeah, the yeah. body triangle is a position to go to when you want a little respite you can mm -hmm. get some percentage chance uh, time of the round in control. It doesn't mm -hmm. take much energy to pin them in, but it is mm -hmm. really hard to finish. And you can't get much striking effectiveness there as well because they sit up higher in their mm -hmm. body location. Their, their head's sort of like up here rather than down low. When you get mm -hmm. the hooks in, you can get their head around about this area here on the chest and you can really start pulling that, that head off, off the shoulders. Because a lot of people think that a choke is just squeezing the neck. Um, what you try and do is you try to um, you try to squeeze and, and and push almost like trying to get the toothpaste the last bit of toothpaste out of your toothpaste tube. You got to ch you know choke them and pop pop that head off the shoulders, mm. and that's where those those hooks come in. So I've got nothing against body triangle. Like I say, it's got its place strategically, but the hooks. Did you see how much he made, uh, arched into him, made him mm. arch back? Oh, it looked horrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's impressive. That, that grappling does impress me. I just feel like, okay, so in a no gi match against a top top tier grappler in a no gi match, okay, their style might not hundred percent suit, but for their style for MMA, mm -hmm. it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. They really nullify the transitions and they put all the transition favor in 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 in, in their direction because of how they tight the wrists. It's yeah. it's really nice. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I thought that um, I'm really looking forward to watch to watching Zabit again. I can't wait till we uh, see him fight again. And just watching it, you know, his his brother. People are already talking about his brother because Zabit has made such a 
impact so quickly at the end of the day. Um, so it's only natural with that unique name that uh, his brother would get that victory like that. And uh, mm -hmm. I thought you might enjoy that little clip anyway, Dan. Yes, um, yes. I'm sorry, Merst, I forgot to talk. I know, you've got to talk, man. We've got the audio, <laughs> audio listeners to, uh, to think of as well. Um, so last week, Dan, I said to you when we were doing our predictions, as we do at the end of the show each week, uh, Kyler Phillips, one to watch. Uh, he faced Cameron Else, and it lasted about 44 seconds of the second round. Lost by TKO Strokes. Uh, strokes? Strokes? Strokes. Sounds like something I might do. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, been a, it's been a long couple of days, mate. So, uh, <laughs> Sam, we'll go to you first with this. What did you make of Kyler Phillips versus Cameron Else? Um, it, it was a good fight initially. I, I thought I thought Cameron looked pretty dangerous and pretty comfortable in there um, before Kyler just started to really express himself and get you know loose with his strikes and that you could see him really working on that lead leg and you know when he got the mount in the second round and just started raining down punches it was it was kind of game over yeah it was, he was yeah. he was bang up for it um mm. was kyler phillips um what did uh, you make of it dan what did you think yeah, of the man think, to watch for the week yeah i mean absolute standout uh you could just see the persona that he felt like he could win at any mm. given time and it it even though i think cameron else was actually making a good account of himself yeah. um in there initially um you know he's been on a bit of a winning streak himself hasn't he so uh you know he would have been in there feeling confident with himself as well but he must have started having doubts after he got taken down in that first round because yeah, it started to see a clear level difference because i think in this striking although um, Cameron Nelson was getting received on that leg kick a little bit. Mm. He stu was still looking dangerous and really dangerous. relevant with his hands. Yeah, he mm. was sitting down, squatting down on his shots. He was mm. letting Kyler Phillips come in to make range and he was just sitting down low and throwing hard, willing to trade off in that pocket. And, you know, Phillips did the right thing, to be honest, yeah. um, in taking it to the ground so that Cameron Nelson didn't have that puncher's mm. chance, so to speak. Because um, on the ground, there was a clear... Mm clear advantage in transition capabilities and Kyler Phillips was mm. kind of all over him. Once you saw what happened in that first round, you knew that Kyler Phillips should be taken to the ground in the second and he did. He made short work of it there when, when he got it there the second time around. So, yeah, well done, mm. Kyler Phillips. He looked really, really good. But I don't think that's the end of Cameron Else. I think he had a rocky start to his career back along. Made a good count of himself in the recent fights that he had had, you know, putting together a nice little win streak. Okay, he's up against someone I think is going to be a future champion. So, mm. you know, perhaps wasn't expected to win this time around, but he's on the, the um, on the incline of his learning curve, and we'll be seeing more of him in the future. I think. Yeah, yeah I, think I think it was a last minute fight for him as well. So he's yeah, he's that's even more impressive, really. Very late notice. Yeah, can't fault that. Then can you mm. really? At the end of the day, it's like. Well, it's a last-minute fight. It's kind of like you're in a, a no-lose situation, so to speak, yeah. because there are no expectations, you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought he was impressive. Wasn't my favourite fight of the night. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Um, one person who did impress me, however, and I've not really, Danny. I think we've talked about this before. I'm not a massive fan of her, Jermaine. Um, Jermaine. Durandamy 
faced mm. Juliana Penner uh, in a fun fight. I thought it was I a really enjoyed good it. fight. Yeah. Uh, I thought Juliana Penner actually was quite impressive. Um, but the woman who's known for a striking did not win by striking. No. Um, Danny, you go first on this one, buddy. What? Uh, yeah, what I mean, it? it doesn't surprise me. You're, you're seeing all the time, you know, um, you can see grappling specialists mm-hmm. either get knocked out on the ground or you'll be outmaneuvered because at the end of the day, MMA grappling is slightly different. Mm-hmm. And um, and even with the striking, you know, striking is a little different. You can have someone that on paper is a lesser striker, but the fact that they can go in with confidence has got superior wrestling skills, they can go in not worrying about a takedown uh, and throw their combinations really confidently and clinch up to smother the return. This is something I mentioned about um, I think last week or the week before, that sometimes when you're giving away some speed advantage and reach and height advantage in combination, the way you get around that is you go in with your flurries and you clinch up um, and then you punch on the way out. So that way mm. you accumulate your shots on the way in and it's kind of like what Holly Holm actually did. And that way you're um, you're being proactive on those different ranges without that person with the longer reach, the nice footwork, being able to keep you on the edges and therefore them get ahead on the scorecard. And you can get a rhythm with that. You break free, you land your shots on the break, you wait, you pause, you stay out of range of that range of your person. You just play safe, build up your energy, boom, boom, boom. You go over a big flurry again, enter in, smother the counter return because there ain't any because you've clinched up, break free, strike again and repeat. Because you're smaller, stockier, more explosive, that, that will suit as a strategy um, against a Ranger striker. And you kind of saw that a little bit here with Penner, but I think you saw it more so in effect with Holly Holm. Although Holly Holm is a different um, kettle of fish, she's quite tall and rangy for a division, but she controlled the, the, the ranges and the diversity of that striking level which got her ahead. Which I can't wait to talk about that fight, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sam, what did you make of Jermaine, Jermaine Durandamy and uh, Penner? Yeah, um, it, it it was a great fight. Um, it didn't go how I expected, really. I, I thought um, she'd have the better on the feet, but you know, she ended up <laughs> finishing with that choke on that. And it it it's like like Danny said, MMA really is is an entire different martial art. It doesn't matter what you've done in kickboxing circles. Perhaps when you come in there, you get a stocky wrestler with a fantastic overhand right, and boom. You could go to sleep any second. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And she, um, like Jermaine, Jermaine Durandamy has proven that she's got knockout power. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it was quite interesting <coughs> to see the finish of this fight because um, Jermaine is so well known for her striking. And, she, she, you know, the finish is beautiful, let's be honest. Mm. Um, I was really, I was, I got to say, I was impressed by the finish. Um, Danny, what did you think of the, the finish specifically in the guillotine? Because I thought she was under a bit of pressure at that point. Yeah, she was. She was. Um, and I said, th- oh, sorry, mate. Do you think she was losing the fight at that point? Yes. I, I, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Look, overall, this is how I saw I wasn't over-impressed with Randomine, to be honest. No, no, no. Um, you know, she couldn't get a striker together. Anymore. But let's, let's not take it away for Juliana Penner. I think she had come with a really good strategy, a really good plan. 
she was she was going in with the strikes in flurries. She was clinching up. She did really really well in the, the wrestling to be able to take Randomy down because uh, you know she was getting that double body lock. She's getting around those long legs, and she knows her hips are naturally lower than Randomy's. So to get double underhooks, move around to that side rear position, stepping behind one of those legs, is, is the the most efficient way to take take someone like that down. And mm-hmm. she was doing great. She was doing everything right, but. When someone's got long limbs, long, thin arms like that, they work under your neck. Um, mm. We saw in one of the other rounds, wasn't it? Um, what's the name of that choke? Um, she, she started doing the countering with the shoulder pressure. They started looking up. So she clearly see that she's becoming educated on the ground. Mm. Um, and it just fell in place for her a little bit. And, um, yeah, she, she, she got the finish. And, okay, yes, it was on the ground. She's known as a striking She's training MMA. She's going to learn her skills all around, and she pulled it off this time around. But um, it would be a mistake for her not to look at that fight and be like, hey, I've got to change some things. Some mm-hmm. things have obviously improved because I proved that. But there was other things where she would normally be strong mm-hmm. and it was looking weak. So that goes to show that you know people are finding a way around her previous strengths and uh, she's got to try and get those back activated along with those more improvement skills that she's had on the ground. Mm. Yeah, I think so. She's. Um, I thought Gianna Penna won. So I had the first round, I was like, oh, just about maybe to Durandamy. Then I gave Penna the second. And then mm. I thought Penna was winning the third round right until the end. Mm. Yeah. So in many ways, Jermaine had to pull out something but I, I i felt that if she was going to pull out something it was not going to be a choke it was more likely to be a knockout just by her reputation mm. so i found that quite interesting anyway um, yeah next up we had uh, my favorite fight of the night i just thought this was in just from an entertainment point of view not a technical point of view. This was my favourite fight of the night. I just found it very entertaining to watch. Um, obviously, the main event, I felt technically Holly Holmes' performance was superb. But just uh, Jorgen de Castro versus Carlos Felipe uh, was mm. fun to watch. They didn't seem to have, be too fond of each other. Um, what did you make of this one, Sam? Um, I, I caught a little bit of it. Um I like the combinations they were throwing, but I don't see them giving anybody really in, in the top 10 and the top five a, a massive issue. They're very static. They're not what I consider a real heavyweight <laughs> if you look at the shape of both tabs. Yeah. Um, and they're going to have problems when they come up against somebody who's not going to just stand in the pocket and trade. Okay. It's... Um... Yeah, look, Carlos Felipe, I enjoy watching. Mm. Um, not because he's the next Ngannou, not mm. because he's technically beautiful. Um, there's just something about him. He's just a character. He mm. just seems to bring something out of people and me when I'm watching him. Mm. I don't quite know what it is, but I enjoy watching him. What did you think of this one, Dan? I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it. It's nice seeing these two potatoes go at it. And, um, <laughs> you, know what, you know what? Though, look, they don't look like typical mm. fighters. They're not muscled. They're not ripped. They're not shredded. They're, mm. they're both short for the division. Um, being, to, I think they're six foot flat each. Um, mm. But you know, 
being, being slight, oh, can I say, you have to be completely clear exposed, but being fat <laughs> doesn't mean you ain't fair. You know, they're, yeah. they're a bit soft around no. the waistline, but boy, they're both quite explosive. Castro is mm. a little slower on the punching. Uh, Castro is a little slower on the punching mm. compared to Philippe. Philippe's combinations were really impressing me. So mm. fluent, so fluent. Um, but I just think stylistically, it made them both look really good. I think yeah. they both had their moments. I do think Philippe slightly outpointed Castro in terms of effective strikes. Although mm-hmm. I think at the end of the scorecard, Castro may have landed slightly more on the total strikes, but a lot more of his strikes were done clinching up, trying to smother because he was beginning to gas in that third round. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Philippe was landing the more consequential strikes, strikes over all the more visual. Mm-hmm. I think the decision went the right way. Um, yeah, so I understand what Sam's saying about, you know, what about people other people in the division, they're going to give, be giving away quite a lot of height and quite a lot of reach. Mm. Um, and for some of them, some of those other heavyweights, they've got some footwork about them. Are they going to be able mm. to close in to be effective against those guys? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that remains to be seen. But mm. for, for people who are soft-bodied like that, they, mm. they appear to have pretty good cardio. So could no, they push the fight. pace... Yeah, could they push the pace on someone that's 6'4", 6'5"? Can they get in the pocket on them, press mm. the pace on them? I think they could. Um, I'm not going to be writing any of these off on making impacts um, approaching into that top five. I think they're. I think they're going to be good to watch for the future. Yes, I think so, mate. Um, fun fight to watch, and I loved that mm. um, Felipe got a bit fed up of uh, De Castro kind of <laughs> just pushing against the cage, and yeah. he was moaning, and he was screaming <laughs> like he was very like. Um, what's the word? Not vocal, but like, I don't know. Expressionative. Yeah, mm. my brain is fried. <laughs> but look, but you know, know what I, I'm trying to say. At the end of the day, though, you know, really, Philippe should have been footworking off. It was it was quite apparent and very, very obvious that Castro was trying to clinch up because he was feeling the pace. Mm. And he could have turned off at any point, but the reason he couldn't was because he tried to finish Castro in that third round. I think it was the mm. third round, wasn't it? Where he comes flying out with a really long sequence combination where Castro was, was covering up and I think he just got himself a little bit gassed too and just didn't have the energy to footwork away um, mm. and the energy to, to come off the fence because Castro weren't doing anything highly technical to hold him there um, and indeed uh, Philippe was not really doing anything technical to, to get off. I think he was uh, tired and he just wanted to have the flow of the inboxing but he wasn't mm. being allowed to do so. Um, so, yeah, as much as he's been expressionative, um, you know, Castro was trying to win the fight and he found a way to stop those punches coming in and he was able to get the punches off himself in that clinch. Now, the referee was not kind to Castro and kept splitting him up, but um, I don't actually think that was a wrong thing because it made such good viewing. Um, mm. I just really enjoyed the fight and I'm a big fan of both their styles. Um, I really like it. I like it because they, they're not your typical athletic you know war machines they they, mm. they look different from it's a little bit like um you know uh nelson mm, you know right. he never he never yeah. looks the mark typical hunt. fight but yeah mark hunt yeah another yeah. one you know the, these these guys they they bring a different dynamic to that mm. division and i'm all for that spot on mate i know you're itching to talk about it so uh let's talk about holly home because last week you told we me one? Uh, Haven't we missed the Kenny one? Because she got Casey Kenny. 
Oh, that was on Casey Kenny. Oh, the pre-show that was meant. Oh, was it? it? Was on the, oh, the my, oh, we've got to talk about. That. Did you see it? Go on, then, mate. I haven't seen it, but you tell me. About did you one. see it, <laughs> guys? No, you've no. got to watch it. That yeah. Casey Kenny is something special. So, something special. Uh, he, he's got top top level wrestling. Mm. And him, he's learnt to strike, and boys, he learnt to strike. He never yeah. went to his wrestling once, and um, he body kicked the guy, head kicked the guy, leg kicked the guy throughout all the rounds. Um, it was total brutality. The guy's yeah. side of his body was was, was bludgeoned, absolutely bludgeoned. <laughs> his arm was swollen, uh, but fair play to uh, Alatang, tough as they come. Mm. How he. He did well. He was wincing. He was curling up on the body shots every time. Um, there was, um, oh yeah, it's just one to watch. It really is. And the cardio of that Casey Kenny, it was like he was doing a heavy bag session on this guy. Uh, but the power <laughs> did not subside throughout the whole match. But Alatang just did not look like he was ever going to quit either. So mm. on both fronts, really impressive. One for his durability. Um, one for his cardio and, and, and brutality. He's mm. going to be something. And this guy, I think, is going to be future champion. Okay. To check him out. So uh, that'll be interesting. I've got to bring that one up. Uh, yeah, so it was Isla Tange versus Casey Kenny on the pre-show. Pre-lo- pre-lo- yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, which Casey Kenny won 30-25, 30-26, 30-27. Jesus, that's one side. Yeah, 10-8, 10-8, 10-8. Three rounds, 10-8. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy, uh, Alateng, not to take it away from him, he was there and relevant throughout all three rounds. And when I say relevant, he was still trying to trade back to create his own opportunities. Yeah. And that's how tough the guy Didn't is because he must have been in pain. You could see each and every one of his ribs down the right-hand side of his body where, where the blood had filled up in between them. It, it was yeah. quite something. No, mad. That's amazing. Mm. Um, I'll mm. definitely check that out. Um Okay, so the main event, Holly Holm versus, uh, who was it? Oh, my mind, mate, is... Uh, I, like that. I, I just uh, even say her name. <laughs> Irene Aldana. Um, so last week, Dan, you were telling me on the podcast how uh, Holly Holm hasn't impressed you recently and she's done. She's too old. Yeah. Yep, um, I, you know, she's 38 years old. Um, I knew this one was going to be over five rounds. And Irene, you know, it's, she's she's impressed me. She's got that striker style that could, for me, for my money anyway, match Holly Holm. Um, and I haven't been impressed with Holly Holm's overall strategy and footwork. And um, but my goodness, she performed absolutely out of her skin. Um, you know, I said as well that you know she sometimes clinches up but doesn't have the ability to get it to the ground. And I find as a striker, she seems to be clinching up an awful lot, but just sort of holding them there. But it seems now she's been doing that for a while in her training and now clearly getting the successes because even her takedowns were impressive. Um, her footwork still looks a little bit, you know, it, it just looks a little bit awkward on her feet for a striker. But my goodness, what a great strategy. She had um, a lead side kick, which was the distancing tool that she used uh, to get ahead on points and to stop uh, Irene coming into her. And then she was going on her flurries to push close and then. You know, that's this smothering technique that I'm talking about. So when she covered that mid-range with her hands, they were mm. done in charging forward flurries into the body clinch and getting successes, taking her to the ground as well. Really giving Ari no chance to play counter 
in any scenario. She, she really was worked over in the true sense of uh, MMAs. Holly Holmes now proven herself to be fully rounded as late in her career as it's coming. She's looking better than she's ever, ever looked. It was really so impressive. Um, I just thought that she might have two good rounds, but she's normally not always leading by much in her first two, two, two rounds of any fights that I've seen. She always sometimes just does enough. Um, yeah. And then would begin to fade in the third, fourth and fifth round. I thought Irene would take over. Um, being you know, taken into account her age, but her strategy was that well played out that she controlled the range, therefore she could control the pace, and it became like a training session for her. And she actually was upping the output as the rounds rolled by, where her confidence was growing, and, and she could just start opening up more and more and more on Irene. Her, her flurries become more broad, her takedowns become more efficient and more easy. And the sidekick started landing, so much so that she started doing the sidekick up at the face and was getting success with it there as well. It was, it was just, it was uh, beautiful. I mean, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to have doubted Holly Holm now. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I gave an honest opinion and I always yeah, give a reason. Yeah, well, we you give know, honest I, opinions. You know, mm. I try to take logic into the approach. And my, my logic of thinking is you don't see Holly Holm succeed with a takedown very often. And then mm. suddenly she's taking her down <laughs> often. Um, and you don't see her work rate really high up there. And now we see her work rate was high up there. And I thought age would take its, you know, take its toll on her over those five rounds. And it just didn't. She just got stronger throughout each round. So logically, she went against all my logic. And um, <laughs> yeah, what can I say? You know, I was wrong. Um, it seems I'm often wrong with these predictions. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm not afraid to be wrong. It's, it's the nature of the sport. That's why MMA is so interesting because mm, you okay. can have an underdog and an underdog can so often be the one that comes through and wins. And mm -hmm. look, you're getting grapplers choked out by the strikers. You're getting strikers knocked out by the grapplers. It's um, a hard sport to predict. It really is. No, oh, of course. Mm. Um, That's my excuse you... anyway. <laughs> what did you make of the main event, Sam? I don't think I've got anything to add to that. Danny's... Oh, sorry, Danny I really spoke it up. <laughs> He's been excited about that all day, you could tell. <laughs> it uh, it well, was impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything he said is correct. She she looked better than I've ever seen her before. Um, flawless, almost. <laughs> they never are, but it was so well put together. You say that's a complete MMA performance for her. That's putting mm -hmm. all to get together everything. You've seen in the past that you might say, oh, she needs to work on this or she could do that mm. better. She just made yeah, yeah. it just to flow. And, and you must have loved her takedowns because these are takedowns <laughs> I've seen yeah. you get on numerous people. Yeah, I've had yeah. Sam come down to train at our gym numerous times and mm. yeah, we got history together. I actually yeah. was training with these boys at Leighton Buzzard at the gym they started out with yeah. back when they very first start, first started out. So I we got it. a bit of nice history together. Um, yeah. And top. Tommy's younger brother is younger, yeah, younger brother, Tommy. Younger. Yeah, he, he trains with us fairly regular now. And um, mm. he scores this takedown where you get double under, step mm. to the outside of that leg and, and bowl and back. And mm. Holly Holmes was doing it pretty textbook. Pretty damn mm -hmm. textbook. Holly Holmes looks strong, didn't she? She's pretty muscled around those shoulders. Yeah. You know when she gets hold of you, she's got to feel tight. But now she's not just physically tight, she's technically tight too. Yeah, it's... I like the way she flows from the striking straight into it. That's that's yeah. how I've always found if I don't go looking for it, it will come to me naturally. Yeah. Through She's my got an striking, instinct. And then you're on it. And, yeah, and she has an instinct for it, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 She um 
yeah, it wasn't even just the pure instinct. She just knew how to get that body clean. She was rushing mm. forward with those flurries of punches, getting the range close enough so it did seem seamless. Yes. You know, she, she, she wasn't throwing a missing um, mm. and, and just coming one step forward. She was running forward mm. and literally just catching Irene out. Um, yeah. yeah, and those sidekicks as well. I mean, let's not overlook <laughs> those. I know a strategy overall, but the sidekicks body then to the face she mm. started really stepping so it up as well they? yeah 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 you notice um the girls more than the guys use the psychic a whole lot more i don't know if it's to do with you know the, the, the body types different. yeah their dexterity yeah, but they they get a lot of success with the lead sidekick you know they yes. really do I, yeah even I've, I've practiced it a, a lot myself and i just don't find it it's comfortable yeah. as a setup. I, mm. I, I'm much easier with a teep, but with yeah. with the female fighters, they kind of just can can switch between both seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's too much of a tell if I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I gotta say, I thought this was about as complete a performance as I've seen mm. from any fighter. And um, so here's a question for you guys: Do you think? Um, a young fighter could put together such a complete performance or do you think that she like in part it's because she is so experienced uh, MMA and kickboxing and the like that she's able to put together something so complete Dan um, I'm going to say yes they can um, I just think Holly Holmes has just been around a martial arts so so long um, that okay she's gone into MMA sort of like relatively late into her career because you know female fighting in regards MMA and UFC is still a recent affair in the big scheme um, but these young fighters have got all these experienced fighters to 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 put all that strategy and and, and technique and, and ideas into their game from such an early stage now that yeah they mm-hmm. of course they can perform you know can being young make you overwork in certain areas and, and, and it can all get undone by getting caught in the pocket like we spoke about before yes it can but these young these young talents they, they're well capable of putting it all together mm. um, yeah I have no doubt mm. but you think that it, her experience is obviously uh, I, I think we, in ca- know, the case of Holly Holm yeah yeah absolutely but Holly Holm is clearly trying to become well-rounded she was always mm. just a striker she was evading yeah. the wrestling then over the last sort of like five fights that she's had previous to this we've noticed that she started to use her striking to get the clinch was mm. never really looking like she could put, get it to the ground she didn't seem to have the know-how um mm. but nevertheless still pull off some wins but by um, you know introducing this clinch game to uh, her style but now we're seeing her use the striking that she's known for the, the clinch that she's become known for because it's something that we'd seen in recent fights and now become effective there in terms of getting it to the ground and even her groundwork looked pretty damn solid she knew what mm-hmm. she was doing there she she's truly becoming complete in her latter years and fair play to her. i think she could get herself up right up to uh, title contention again it's gonna, gonna be my next question for both of you actually is do you see her getting another title shot yeah yeah you, On, uh, off the back of that 100 yeah, yeah. Hmm, be interesting. And most be of her fights, isn't it half her fights or most of her fights? Have, they were saying on uh, um, in the commentary that they've been five rounders. Okay, she's knocked people out in those five mm-hmm. rounds, but she's had 
predominantly most of her matches have been seven uh, seven rounders, five rounders. Yeah. Which so, is quite, so it goes to show you what colour she's been competing at constantly. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, very interesting to see uh, what she goes next. Um, what did you think of her opponent? Do you think her opponent was just outclassed and there was nothing she could have done? Or do you think, you know, she showed anything? Or do you just think... I think she just put it to, together so well. You know, mm. it, she she flowed so seamlessly between the transitions. She didn't give her opponent a chance to to, to land with any other counters. Yes. You know, to be away from those those exchanges where she thinks, okay, now she's going to pause and go for the takedown. She's already been taken down. You know, <laughs> and then yeah. she's straight into the transitions on the ground. It was it was happening perhaps not in the same way that she's watched her perform before. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. I think that she just did not expect Holly Holm to choose to take it to the ground as well. Yes. Um, uh, You know, so many times Holly Holm's striking could look so close because she she sort of does a little bit of a combination, then Mm -hmm. disengages. Her opponent does a combination, tries to look for the shoot. Then the disengage. So all the rounds can sometimes look quite close, but the fact that she was going in with the flow is then clinching up and then getting success on the ground and then back up to the feet, doing these mm. big flurries again. I just don't think Irene expected the uh, increment of improvements throughout the ranges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, which, which, which is your favourite fight out of all the fights we watched this weekend, including the Bellator ones from the week? Uh, what was your favourite fight so that we uh, kind of watched, uh, Sam? Uh, Crosby Leary, yeah, one round, five bang, minutes chaos. Bang, yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful. You'll love it. You both got to check it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely gonna have a look at that one. Yeah. Um, what yeah. about you, Dan? Um, the, the one I was just really enjoying, just for the the pure fun of watching what was happening, was um, Castro versus Filippo. I, I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. standing yeah, like war. Yeah, lots of work rate. They're both trying to knock each other out. Although that didn't happen, you knew they was intent to. Mm-hmm. I, I like the skill of the boxing of Philippe. He was going to the body as well as the head, looking at the mm-hmm. knees as well in the clinch, being really diverse. I think they showed some really nice uh, MMA striking format. And I think it's displayed really, really well f- on, on both parts. And for me, I really appreciated it. Mm. Good shout, mate. Good shout. I, uh, yeah, I liked the Philippe one. Um, I enjoyed Lewis Long's performance, obviously mm. as a friend of the show and stuff. Mm. Um, I keep an eye on the guys who've been on, and I was really happy for him to come in and perform at such a high level. Um, but ultimately, Philippe, the Felipe fight was the one I kind of really, really enjoyed watching. Mm. Um, okay, to finish us off then, we're going to give our predictions for a couple of the fights next week. Um, so we're going to concentrate on the ones where they're kind of the fighters that we're most familiar with or the most well-known fighters we're not going to go through every fight um so next sunday dan you're not here next uh, next week are you danny is it next no, week or the week but, after but um yeah i'm away from well um i'll get tested again and then spend two days at heathrow from wednesday yeah. from this week mm. then uh, so yeah i will be away but I still might be able to do, do it. it, you know. Yeah, I'm going to try and do it because I'll be in quarantine for another yeah. two days when I go out there. Mm. So I think the flight out there is on the Friday. We get okay. tested and I think I'll be in quarantine until Sunday anyway. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, what I'm going to do, I've, I've arranged for us to have someone join us, a guest is joining us, but what that means is hopefully, you know, you'll have the Wi-Fi strength to to join yeah, us. Yeah, Wi-Fi is normally we'll quite have good. As, uh, mm. We'll have someone with us as well, just in case. Um, mm. Okay, so let's have a look. Let's have a look at the predictions for next week. Uh, so there's only a few fights being announced so far, um, but one fight I'm looking forward to. I don't expect you to give a prediction, but you can if you want. Sergey Sergey Spivak Spivak uh, in a heavyweight bout versus Tom Aspinall. Uh, I enjoy mm -hmm. watching Sergey's fights. Uh, Spivak is always enjoyable to watch, so um, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, do we think he's going to win, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I think right so. Now. Do you have yeah, any, why not? Any uh, anything to add to that prediction, Sam? Do you think Sergey's going to win? No, I think he will take the victory there, though. I think yeah, Tom's so. coming in on on late notice as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we've got uh, on the main card. The main event is Marlon Morales mm. versus Corey Sandhagen, ranked one versus mm. four in that. Yeah. division that we talked about. It's a hard one to predict that one. Mm. It is very difficult because Santagan's been impressive. Uh, he has, it? yeah, and he's quite. He's pretty tall as well. He's he's got considerable height advantage, hasn't he? Mm. Yes. Um, but Marais has got those meaty leg kicks, and uh, but I don't, uh, sometimes, lands. yeah, <laughs> but sometimes I doubt his uh, gas tank. Sometimes, oh, yeah, um, he lands early. I think, yeah, I think he can. Think he can take him out. Is this, is this over three rounds? Uh, and it's the main event, so it should be. Five. So it should be five. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go uh, Sandhagen. Good shot. What about you, Sam? Uh, I think Marais will catch him in the first round. Mm. Head kick. <laughs> Could happen. Bang, bang, bang. He's so explosive. I've seen him but do he's got... it so many times. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got to do it for me for my money. Yeah. He's got to put Sandhagen away in the first two rounds. Yeah, but I think yeah. after that he fades. Yes, no, I, I I I agree entirely. I could see him landing that kick though early. Yeah, okay. I like it, like it. Uh, and then the other one is Ben Rothwell, who looked exceptionally <laughs> impressive, yes. uh, impressive in his last fight. Uh, he's always entertaining. Yes, um, he is fighting Marcin Tibera Tibura. Uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with Tibura, so um, it's difficult to give a definite prediction. But I'm expecting a Ben Rothwell win. Um, Danny, yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, he's not the type who looks a typical fighter, does he? But he's mm. his style is quite awkward to deal with, yeah. and um, he, he's got the job done on 38 other occasions. So Very um, I'm going to go. Yeah, very experienced, and I think he's another one that um, yeah, that seems to have looked better with age, sort of thing. He's uh, seasoned into his own style somewhat, but that mm. style is hard to fathom out for many. And um, yeah. I think he's going to have that experienced edge over Martin. So I'm going to go Ben Rothwell as well. Yeah, cool. I agree. Um, yes, so uh, that kind of wraps us up for the for the week. Um, next week we have. A guest, and I forget which order I've done them in because I've booked guests for the next two weeks, so I don't want to say <laughs> the wrong one and upset them. Um, 
but uh, yeah, Dan, you got anything planned this week? Just getting ready to go to Fight Island again, I assume. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, we're just capping off training, uh, training bits with Modestas. So obviously, we try to train right up until our flight flights over. Mm. <laughs> I mean, so on that Wednesday when we go to the airport, what I'll do is I'll go to his house early. We'll go to his gym that he's got out in his backyard. Um, we'll do a little bit of little bit of training keeps that weight off keeps him feeling sharp um yeah then we'll we'll do the quarantine talk about strategies more put things mm. in place study more watch it yeah. together more yeah good stuff look it's gonna be gonna, uh, yeah, yeah i'll do an, another walk around my hotel room but maybe this time <laughs> without the dressing down on at all <laughs> excellent make sure you're not on camera please um <laughs> But also uh, joining us is fresh off his dominant, impressive win at Cage Warriors, um, with a lot of people calling for him to take a shot at uh, the title on the Saturday. It was that impressive? Is Aaron Khalid joining us next week? Uh, so I'm really looking forward to having Aaron on the show again, uh, so he can tell us about his impressive victory, mate. Mm. Yeah, I look forward to that. Indeed. Sam, thank you for joining us, mate. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate That's your time. Nice. I apologise. My voice has been uh, mm. up and down like a teenager with his voice breaking. But, uh, you know, we soldier on, Dan, don't we? We, <laughs> we fight do. through it. Fight we through do. It. Yeah, um, we're crafters. <laughs> also, for everyone, visit awaydayapparel.co.uk. You can use the code AA Podcast Nation to get 10% off all orders. Uh, they got some cracking cracking t-shirts and clothes come in some uh good stuff i know they've got they're also looking for people to do a photo shoot at the moment um if you're situated local to the cardiff area then get in touch with them but uh we thank them for obviously supporting the show as ever providing us with t-shirts danny providing us yes. with clothes yes mm -hmm. they clothe us Need someone to feed us now if anyone wants to sponsor the show for, <laughs> from a food point of view. But uh, yeah, we are we are uh, re looking at sponsors for our various shows. So uh, if you are interested in sponsoring the Danny Batten Fight Show, then uh, get in touch with us. Uh, you can find the show social media at Danny Batten FS on Instagram and Twitter, or you can follow Ace Podcast Nation everywhere, which is where the shows are all based and owned. Bye. Yeah, I, I am in talks with a company, Durex. So we'll see whether that pulls off. <laughs> what? I just don't know what to do with you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm mm. joking. But I asked to sponsor from Durex. It's a bit late now. i got like three kids now. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I got three kids and I've had the snip, so I was... <laughs> don't think I'll be the best best advert for them. You know, I'll, know I'll, I'll sell their products, but <laughs> I'll be good at it. I've had every STI going, so I shall perhaps. <laughs> did you take Did you take pictures along the way so you could say this is what will happen if you don't use this? I'll send them over to your side. <laughs> no. You can, you can keep them if you can get Durex to sponsor us, mate. <laughs> Cracking. But, um, no, I got um, a couple of CBD oil um, products companies who are interested in sponsoring the show. I'm just trying to work out the logistics of whatnot. But uh, obviously, we're always open to 
people who want to get involved and partner up with us we uh, we get a nice lot of uh, you know we get good good uh, good figures for the viewers and the listeners now so obviously the the channel overall as well it's going well it's yeah. growing and that's yeah, what we good want stuff. but uh, always looking for sponsors mate always always looking for sponsors that'd be a good call and Sam Creasy get get the title get and go to UFC where we are no I wanted to go you should have been in, this kid should have been in UFC years ago it bloody <laughs> frustrates the, the crap out of me that he hasn't made it yet yeah uh, Come and get way. some uh, some sessions in, just uh, no, on a I few am. pointers and that. And I think you're the one that should have been, that just hasn't been. And it, it absolutely does matter. I would love to see you uh, go all the way and see what you mm. can do on the highest order uh, on something like the UFC. You mm. you can be there. You should be there. And um, you just need a couple of like refining uh, parts of your game. You've got the mentality. You've got mm. the natural skill ability. You've got the cardio, your, your tributes to cut weight in the right way. And mm. um, all you just need is a slight little tweak to your game. And mm. you're there all day. Uh, yeah, you're, you're so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. I appreciate it, mate. I always do. Yeah. I always do. You know, I yeah. learn from you every time I fucking speak to you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, good it's stuff. not always good I will be stuff over you learn. <laughs> He learns everything. I've improved his love life a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that's it. I think that's a good way to finish us up. Sam, thank you for joining us, mate. I really appreciate <laughs> thank you. Guys. No, well uh, done, Sam. Thank you. Danny. Nice you again too. Good stuff. Mm. And um, yes. we'll be back next Wednesday for another show with uh, Aaron Khalid joining us to talk the UFC, the week's news, and more, as well as preview uh, Modestus's fight, mm. which is going to be good. Although, yes. what day? What day is the is Modestus fighting on the Saturday? This 17th. time, or is it on the Wednesday? Uh, uh, 17th. That's the Saturday, that, isn't it? That yeah, is the Saturday. Because I, I was thinking, oh, if he fights in the on the Wednesday again, this will be the last show which goes out before he fights. So we need right. to preview preview it now, but we don't mm. because nope. it's, it's the Saturday. Good stuff. Yeah. We'll preview that next week as well. Then, uh, in the meantime, be good. Podcast Network.